I say welcome, online family? Yay, we're glad they're here. Clap, because they got to hear your clap. Yes, we're so glad they're here, online family. I want you to know that whether you're in the house or online, I'm keeping track of as many people as I can of what's going on in your life. And this week, we had been praying for Louis and Shanta's granddaughter who had eye surgery. They're in our online campus from South Africa. And this week, they sent me a picture of their cute little granddaughter and their grandson, and it was so precious. I thought, isn't that awesome? The online family feels so much a part, and we feel a part of what you're doing too. So we praise God for that so much this morning. Well, we are in ready to be. Are you ready? I'm ready, ready to be, ready to be changed specifically this month, this today. The theme for the month is ready to be. For our guests, every year we do a theme, and so our, year, our year's theme is Ready 21. Then we break it down by month to something different. Last month it was Ready to Surrender, and this month it is Ready to Be. Proverbs 24 27 is our verse for the month, and it says, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready, and after that, build your house. I want you to know, as Pastor Jennifer, to you, we are getting ready to build bigger, to build broader, to build deeper, to build wider, so that our reach for the gospel continues for the glory of God. Amen? So I am so thankful for the many, many ministry team captains and leaders that help in all the different areas, the areas of our house that are being served so beautifully in so many different ways, online. Some of the online people are going to be teaching in one of our online classes, online prayer, as well as in-house prayer. But we have to get everything in order and ready so that we are ready for that next level ministry, right? And so this month, I am really asking you, I asked you last month to surrender. And I am asking you again to ask the Lord, if this is your storehouse, if this is where you come to be filled up, ask the Lord, what do you want me to do in that work? In that work. Because there is more to be done. We need more workers, more hosting team, more uh, welcome team, more media team, more dancers, more kids ministry. Because right now we are maxing everyone at two services, right? So if we're going to fill it up with even more people and more children and more activities in another building, then we've got to be ready. Amen? I want you to know this is about vision. It's not just about being here right now in this moment. It's about what is the Lord saying to us at ICF Rome for today and tomorrow. And I believe he is speaking to us to get our fields ready because after that we're going to build his house. Amen? Last week I told you three things to be ready for. One, you have to be ready to be in prayer. So important. If we're going to be ready to carry the light, we've got to be in prayer. We're a house of prayer. We're a people of prayer. I want you to be a person of prayer. Prayer is communion with the Lord. Prayer is not just telling God how you want him to solve your problems. Mm. Prayer is not just telling God how you want him to solve your problems. That's sort of like sitting on Santa Claus's lap and saying, I want a truck for Christmas. 
Prayer is sitting beside Abba Father and saying, Abba, what do you want from me? What do you want me to learn in this season in my life? You know, we can't change the seasons. I can't turn this season in Rome, which I love, fall. I can't turn it suddenly into summer with the beaches full and hot and seaside activities. I just, I don't control the weather. Even if you think about green environment and all of that, let me know because I would love to make every day a day at the beach. But I don't control the weather, but I can sit beside the one who does. Hear me, I can sit beside the one who controls every season in my life. You can sit beside the one who controls every season in your life. And that's what it means to be in prayer. I hope you hold on to that. I hope your prayer life is different after these last couple months here at ICF Rome or even today. The second thing we said is you have to be ready to be filled with his light. I can't do it without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So it's not enough for me just to say, hey, I need you to know Jesus because I don't want you to go to hell. And I don't want to go to hell. And when I get to heaven, I want to make sure there's somebody there saying, I'm here because she spoke up about it. Amen? But I want you to know something. I don't want to get there (laughs) barely crawling in. I don't. I want to be able to run up to those pearly gates and to dance before the Lord because I've been filled with the light of the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe the Bible? Let me see your hands. Raise your hand if you believe the Bible. Good, good, good. The light is a little bright, but I'm assuming I saw everybody's hand. That means I believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I believe all of it. I believe that it is the divine, holy, inspired word of God. So if I am to believe that Jesus came from heaven to earth in the womb of Mary and died on a cross, and went into a tomb, and resurrected the only God of any religion that is resurrected, not a statue, still in a tomb, then I am also to believe the power of the Holy Spirit when Jesus said, I'm going to get things ready for you, but I'm leaving the Holy Spirit, and he will guide you in everything you need to know, and he will empower you. Amen? I want you to be hungry for the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how you'll be ready to be. The third thing I told you last week is you need to be ready to carry his light to your circles. The Holy Spirit does that for me too. You know, when I'm timid, you might not think I ever am timid, but I am. I talk to God a lot before I enter in a big new situation. If you're going to enter into circles of influence... You have to not be timid in the Lord. I'm not saying be arrogant or prideful. But you have to be confident that you carry the name, the commissioning of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So when you walk into that room, you walk in knowing whatever happens, my steps are ordered by the Lord. I am a daughter of the Most High. You are a son of the Most High. It doesn't matter if you know your earthly father or not. If you know or dwell with your earthly mother or not. What matters is that you know Abba Father. You must know him. And you will be ready to carry his light. 
So today I'm asking you, we're going to spend some time in prayer again at the end of this service. Are you ready to be changed? Are you ready to do the work? You know, when you, anybody ever have work done on your apartment or your house? Raise your hand, come on. I surely am not the only one in Rome that's had that issue. Okay. And when they do it, that means you're probably going to lose some electricity for a little bit or maybe your Wi-Fi or everything's going to be a mess for a few days while they're doing everything. But when they're finished, when it's changed, it feels so fresh, doesn't it? It feels so good. You're like, I'm so glad that's done. When you are ready to be changed, it may feel a little uncomfortable. You know, I'm in a new seat on the bus. I have co-pastored ministry with my husband for 43 years. This is my story right now. This is my season. And on June 27th of this summer, the Lord chose to surprise us all and suddenly take my husband home to heaven, which meant... After a series of conversations, as you know, Pastor Rick talked about the bus, that now I wouldn't be the co-pastor on the bus. I would be in the main pastor seat. I'd be in the lead pastor seat. And everybody's going to have to rearrange their seat on the bus. But you know what? I sat beside the one who controls my seasons. And I love you. And I said, Lord, I will change I will do whatever it takes so that not one, not one person online, not one person in Rome will miss knowing how to stay strong for Jesus. That's what God asked of me. And this morning, I'm asking you, what is God asking of you? Are you ready to be changed, to give away everything, to sacrifice all, to do more, to bless him more? Why? Not because it's painful. These aren't sad tears. These are happy tears. I am thrilled with my life. I love living in Rome. Believe it or not, I do. I love Italy. I love all the Italians. I love all the food. I love all the festivities. I love you. The international world is here. When we are changed, it doesn't mean it's going to be negative or hard or bad. There may be some differences, some things we have to navigate, but it's fun. It's adventure. And I want you to be ready to be changed. But we are only changed in the presence and the power of the Most High God. We are only changed in the presence and the power of the Most High God. So this morning, I want to speak to you about three things. We must awaken our soul to the nature, the nature of God. You need to really know who God is. You need to really understand what is the nature of God. If you understand that, if you have it close to your heart, when seasons change, when circumstances change, when jobs change, when personnel changes, you will understand that God is good. Somebody say good. God is good. If you know his nature, you will know his promise. I also want you to understand his nurture. The nurture of God, the way that he nudges us, the way that he guides us, the way that he instructs us. Amen? And finally, I want you to understand the nearness of God. 
And I put them on the screen this way so you would really see the word, the nearness of God. He's not far. I can tell you on June 27th and on June 26th and on June 25th, for those 12 days we were in the hospital, I have never felt the Lord so near as I did in those few days. So near in those few hours. The pre- I could f- almost feel the angels come into the room. That's the nearness of God. No matter what the season is, no matter what the circumstance is. So I want us to look at the attributes of God to understand his nature. If we know God's attributes, we will know his nature. If we know his characteristics, we will know his nature. So I'm going to talk fast, you write fast, and then you can go back and listen later also. Hopefully the translation can also go fast. He's strong. He's strong. He's not weak. Amen? There's nothing too hard for my God. He doesn't look at some situation and say, oh, I'm not strong enough to navigate that one. I'm not strong enough to empower you to handle that one. God never says that. He's strong. He's sovereign. That means he's in charge. I'm not in charge, and I'm so glad I can say that's not my lane. That's not my department. Hey, that person's really falling apart. That's God. God's going to have to help that person. That's not my department. He's sovereign. That means God's in charge. And when you give God charge of your life, there's a peace that comes, even when the answers don't look like what you thought they were going to look like. You're able to trust him. Your trust doesn't go, ah, I don't know. I mean, your trust is strong. It's firm. It doesn't mean you don't have a a whole kinds of a a variety of emotions. But you trust his sovereignty. He's superior. He's above everything else. So any doctor, any nurse, any financier, any uh, stockbroker, any uh, head CEO, guess what? God is more superior than they are. So if he's my God, yes, he's superior. I can trust him. Don't you want to be on that kind of team? I do. Somebody say yes. Yes, I want to be on that team. He's steadfast. God will never stop being with us. He is surely with you at the mention of his name, the Bible says. He's wise. He has wisdom when he deals with us. He's faithful. He's good. He's good. He's a good, good father. He's merciful. We can know his mercy. He's unchanging. The upheaval of changes in our world has not changed the God of creation. Amen? This world is changing so crazy, but my God is not changing. My God is steadfast. My God is the same. Malachi 3, 6, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. That's the Bible that you all raised your hand you believe in. He promised. I'm not just telling you it. The Bible says in Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Isn't that awesome? What a promise. I'm not destroyed when I walk with God. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omniscient, all-knowing. He's omnipresent, always everywhere. So guess what? He'll be with me and he'll be with you. 
He'll be with Alex where he lives, and he'll be with Winna where she lives. He'll be with Cherry where she's going, and he'll be with Joseph where he's going. He is everywhere when we call on his name. If I could explain him, I would be him. I can't explain God. He is supreme above all. And in case you weren't sure, Psalm 139. Psalm 139 says this. It says a lot of things, but it talks about knowing God, knowing everything about you. It says, you perceive every moment of my heart. I'm going to go to verse 5, Psalm 139, verse 5, but I'm going to give you a little bit before that. It says, you know everything about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. You understand my every thought before it enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. He's gone into your future to prepare the way. You got somewhere and you thought, how did I get here? You got here and you thought, what am I doing here? The Lord, your God, the one who created you, said, I've already gone ahead of you. What you're going to face in December, don't worry. I've already been there. (laughs) I've already got it ready for you. Amen? He says, in kindness, you follow behind me and you spare me from the harm of my past. Verse 6, this is just too wonderful too deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. It's true. The fact that God understands me brings me strength, brings me courage. Verse 10 says, wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. You need to read Psalm 139 when you get home today. Let's look at these other examples from Scripture to grasp the nurture of God. I want you to know that we know the nature. So he's good, he's strong, he's mighty, he's powerful. But if he's always with us and he's always stronger than every battle we face, then he must certainly love us, right? God loves you. Say, God loves me. God loves, you say me. God loves me. Very good. (laughs) He loves you. So, guess what? I have three daughters who I adore. And they have a lot of children who they adore and I adore. But a parent who loves their child nurtures their child. The good in them. And sometimes that nurture is done with discipline and sacrifice. Our father, Abba, nurtured us when he sent his son to die on the cross. Do you think it was easy as God to watch Jesus suffer that way? To hear his own son cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet our father sacrificed for us, his children, that he had gone into the future for. What does the Bible say about nature versus nurture? In case you wondered, the Bible tells us in Genesis 1.27, that we are perfectly made. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. However, Scripture also teaches that environment and appearance influence plays a crucial role. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
I'm thankful to tell you that my three daughters, who may be watching later, are not perfect. They had some times in their life when we were all tested. But today, I am thankful that they will all be serving in the house of the Lord. They are all walking with Jesus. Their broken places have been redeemed. And their hurting hearts have been comforted. And now they're teaching their children to be trained up in the ways of God. And so... I want you to understand, when God nurtures us, he corrects us. He guides us. Paul, in his letter in Ephesians 6, 4, told the fathers, Provoke not your children to wrath, but nurture them in the chastening and admonition of the Lord. So it doesn't say dads, moms, parents, you know, don't discipline them. It says don't provoke them but nurture them with chastening and admonition. So in other words, I still have to do it if I'm a parent. I still have to learn if I'm a child. This is the kind of relationship I want you to understand that God wants us to have with him. The nature of God, but also the nurture of God. He tells us in Psalm 32, 8 through 10, that the Lord teaches us the way we should go. And he counsels us and watches over us. I want God to teach me. I feel it when I am complaining or acting frustrated or whining. And I've, you know, probably, you know, when that toddler is just screaming and crying and whining. And the mother is just like, stop. <laughs> Basta. Huh? Sometimes I feel like the Lord may be saying to me, stop that right now. Stop that. And what do we have to do? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So he nurtures me by saying, you're the Holy Spirit. I'm quickening you. That thing you're thinking, that thing you're saying, that thing you're about to do. No, 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 no. In fact, I'm drawing you closer to my presence because I want to show you the way to go. And even though God teaches us, we still have to choose to accept his instruction. You can't grow as a Christian just by coming to church on Sunday. I want you to come, and it will help you, and it helps me. But that is not enough. You have to be in relationship with Abba Father every day of your life, every minute of your life, at nighttime and in the daytime, in the dark and in the light. God wants you to choose his nurture. Nurture is revealed when the relationship begins to flourish. I can tell you how thankful I am Proud is not really the right word. Humbled and overwhelmed with gladness for the way my daughters have learned to let God nurture their souls and the way they love him and the way they problem solve when they're very frustrated with the outcomes that didn't go the way they thought. That's what nurture means, that I flourish in relationship with God. When children flourish... It's because they've got to spend time with their families. If you have a special time with your kids or you had a special time with your house family, maybe you do uh, baking or you do something fun. It's fun. Everybody's happy. They're flourishing. They're, they're, they're glad to be together. But that only happens when there's relationship 
and we value that time together. Kids learn to take tests and excel with study and preparation. I know i got a lot of university students in here, probably online. How many of you study to take a test? Raise your hand. Study, you studied. I know you did. Maybe you should have done more, but you studied. You, come on, I know you did. Yeah, we study to take a test, right? Well, guess what? How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand. You do not have to raise your hand. How many of you have ever failed a test? <laughs> Thank you, Alex, for that honesty. Alex said he asked. I have. My daughter failed her driver's license test before she passed it. But you know what? The people that are in relationship, that are learning the nurture and the guidance of life, they don't quit because they fail. They study some more, and they keep testing until they pass, and God helps them. They don't quit. So we have to choose Abba, Father, relationship. We have to choose Abba, Father, relationship. I want you to get religion out of your mind. It's not just a catchphrase, not religion, relationship. It's a way of life. I don't walk in religion. I walk in relationship to a Father God who created me, who molds me, who helps me, who empowers me, who heals me, who satisfies me, who redeems me. Somebody better get excited. Who delivers me. Yes, that's the same thing he wants for you as well this morning and you online. And I want you to hear me. That is very different than a master and a slave relationship. The world has made slave a very bad word and servant a very bad word. And in some cases, rainbow is now not a very good word. But I want you to know God made the rainbow. And it means that he has promises for us. And God wrote in his holy scripture to us that we are to serve one another. So servant is a good word. Jesus himself said, I came to serve. I came to seek and to save those who are lost. Serving and serving is not a bad word. It's not a lowly place. It's a place where my relationship is elevated. And that is very different than a master and a slave. In a, it's a relationship of love, of creative miracles, and the nurture of our very unique personalities. I love that we represent all these flags. When we could all be together crammed in here, I mean, this is kind of nice, at least you have dancing room and elbow room. But you know what? Over 70 nations call this church their family. None of us has to put aside our, our certain culture. You know, I try in my Texas culture. I didn't like that Texas offering song last week so much. Nobody got it except me. But I love the African offering songs. They make me want to dance. I love the Filipino. I was watching the Filipino stick dance. I could never do that wherever Veronica is. She did it last year. I couldn't do that. We celebrate our unique personalities and our diverse cultures. But this is Jesus' culture. Amen? This is the culture where God resounds, where God resides. Nurture happens in relationship. And you won't know the nurture until you sit at the feet of Abba. Until you linger in his loving presence. Until you meditate on his words of guidance day and night. I wish I could see every one of your smiley, smiley faces without the mask. But you know what? There is no mask in heaven. God sees your heart. Yes. <laughs> Woo! 
One of these days, those are going to come off too, I'm telling you. James 4, 8. In the presence, we experience the nearness of God. Worship team, I want you to come. I want us to spend time in the presence of God. James 4, 8 says, draw near to me. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So when you come near, let him nurture you. And say, God, if there's any sin in me, if there's been any wicked way in me, if there's been anything that has displeased you, God, I want you to forgive me of that. I want you to purify. It's never too late to have another chance. It's never too late to go deeper and stronger with Jesus than you did last week, than you did last month. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Hebrews 10.22 says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. His nature is for us. His nature is for you. Good, loving, strong. He's for you. His nurture is growing you. His nurture is growing you. Let it. Let him build your house. His nearness changes us. I want you to stand with me all over this place. Mercy. We're going to sing that song, Mercy, again. We're going to close out for the online campus. But before we do, online and here, I want to ask you a very important question. Maybe you know and believe in the nature of God. In fact, maybe even you have drawn near to the Lord and to his presence on more than one occasion. But have you allowed the nurture of God to change you, to rearrange you? I want you to be ready to be changed. So, Father, I pray right now. For every person listening online and every person in this house, God, help us, forgive us if we have put up walls or locked the door of areas of our heart. Today, Lord, I pray that we would unlock that door. We would open it in the name of Jesus, and we would celebrate the mercy of God. Let's sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't God's word amazing? I'm quite sure that there's something that you heard today that pierced your heart or your mind and you said, I need to make a decision. So I invite you even now to pray with me that the Lord would come into every aspect of your heart, every chamber, every hidden corner. Will you pray it with me today? Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life Take every corner of my heart. I give it all to you. Forgive me of all the things that separate me from you. Help me to walk towards the path of righteousness with God. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for Jesus. With God's help, in Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. If you said that prayer, I want you to send me an email. We have prayer teams. We have people that participate in welcoming newcomers to the family of God. So will you send me an email and let me know, Pastor Jen, I prayed that prayer today. I also want you to know that if you have a need, whatever it might be, we're praying that the miracles of God would overflow in your life. And in the process of the miracle, whatever that looks like, every day you will say, Lord, I trust you. I'm ready to be in the process of my miracle. And I know that you're with me, Lord. I also want to say thank you for being a part of ICF Rome Online. Thank you for your generous donations and giving. You're giving to the Lord's work. You're giving to the ministries that are like today, touching you when you can't be with us physically. But more importantly, I want you to know that every day our prayers are with you. We are thankful that we are part of this really great international family of God at ICF Rome. And I pray that you have an amazing, blessed week.